up, good people? This podcast is Black Up. We are so excited to have you attend with us again. Once again, my name is Dr. Curtis Taylor, and here are our fellow co-hosts. And this is Lucy Lou. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who checked in with our first podcast and the feedback. Thank you all, and we hope that you come and sit with us again. This is Chikoya. Um, I so much appreciate everybody listening and giving um, all of your positive and good feedback. This is Tania checking in. And what's up, you guys? This is Brandon LaPriest. I'm so excited to be sharing again with you guys. And thank y'all so much for tuning in with us. Yeah, we're so excited. We have a lot of um, wonderful feedback from our pilot episode as um, we are continuing. And I just wanted to share with you all that this is actual real conversations between us. Like we are actually just sitting around having a conversation um, with each other. I'm on the West Coast. I live in San Diego, California, and all of my friends are from South Carolina, different parts of South Carolina. So we're doing this whole cross-country connection thing, right, y'all? Well, today our episode is going to be all about uh, Juneteenth. So we're going to talk about Juneteenth. And um, but before we even started this uh, discussing about Juneteenth, uh, I want to just ask you guys about the the protests and the continued protests. So in our last podcast, we talked about how the protests were getting started and our feelings around it. Um, but now we've been in it for, I think, three and a half weeks, maybe more. Um, so how how have you guys been experiencing? Have you been a part of the protests so far? Or um, what are, if you haven't, what are some ways that you are going about showing your, your support? Well, I can say that I have not been um, at a rally. Uh, as a single parent, um, finding childcare has been a, an issue. And I also don't want to take my kid out in uh, in the corona environment. Um, but one way that I plan on participating, and I hope that everybody listening here does too, um, July 7th, we're supposed to not spend any money uh, and one thing that's really important, one message that people have been trying to really convey is if you stock up on, did I say June? I meant July. If y'all stock up on July 6th and then splurge on July 8th, it's not going to make a difference. So one way that I plan on protesting or speaking out is just with uh, not spending any money on the 7th and not, you know, stocking up on the 6th and splurging on the 8th. Okay, yeah, I can agree with that. I plan on participating uh, as far as like blacking out, not spending any money. But I also been to a protest. Um, me and Lucy actually went, and it was a it was a pretty good experience. Um, I felt like I needed to go because I wanted to express my opinion, my concerns about what's going on now with the shootings, with you know George Floyd, things like that. So that's why I participated. And I'm going to jump in behind Tania. Um, I definitely want to, I've participated, as she said, I just had a lot of pent up energy and a lot of emotions. I think I was like a lot of the people who are protesting, like there was so much emotion. You wanted to do something, but you wasn't for sure what you could do beyond posting online. So going to a peaceful protest was definitely a wonderful experience. Um, you know, walking up the street, chanting, like it just, 
it definitely felt good to be part of something that was positive and it was encouraging. They talked about the importance of voting. So it was a great experience. Um, I definitely plan to participate in more peaceful protests. And it was just a great experience. And I felt good afterwards because, again, just being in the house, watching all the stuff on TV, you post online, but sometimes you want to do more because there's so much emotion behind it and you just want to get out there. You want to do something. So it was a great experience, but I definitely can see how things can get amped up. Just some of the things I observed, I can see how things can. But luckily, nothing happened because the leaders did a great job of keeping the energy in the right direction. But it was a great experience. Um, I also had the opportunity to go out and enjoy some protests as well. Um, my hometown, Anderson, we had a protest downtown. Um, and it was an awesome experience. Um, a lot of people had put out rumors that it was going to be negative, that it was going to be um, out of control. It was going to be. It wasn't going to be contained because of the things that had, t- had, had taken place in neighboring cities, um, some of the cities in the lower part of the state, and even um, some other areas. Um, it was rumors that it had got out of control, and of course, things were taking place in Georgia, which is right next door to us. Um, but it was very peaceful. It was great because I feel like I was able to not only show my pl- my face in our school system, but also being able to show my face in the community and seeing kids who go to my school and previous students. So I think it's great that we take a stand and use our platforms as educators to be able to show our students, OK, this is something that they should be fighting for. And this is something that is worth taking a part of. Um, so that was a great experience. But I've also been taking time to post things on social media and just educate um, other people as they pop on my page. Um, a lot of times I feel like we see things from the news or we see things that have taken place in society, but it gets put in the far front of our brain because we're not really, we're not focusing on it or we haven't heard about it in a while. So I find that it's important that we go and we post and we make sure we use our voice in all avenues as we can. Yeah, I was able to participate too here in San Diego in a protest. Um, it felt very, I want to say very surreal to me because I was standing there in like the mist because I was, Actually, I when I got there, I was late, and so I was trying to rush back to the crowd, and I finally got up to the crowd, and once I got there, it felt so surreal, and I was excited, I was nervous, I was definitely scared, um, but I think there's really the surrealness came from, it's like, a lot of people are out here, I'm a Black individual myself, and all of these individuals are fighting for not only my life, but all these other individuals' lives. So my sister life, my mom's life, my brother's life, my dad's life, um, my niece and my nephew, those those are the first two individuals that came to my head. So all of these people are fighting, coming out here to fight and saying like, hey, we, we see you and we want the police to also see that you do matter. And so it almost made me cry in the middle of, of the protest and just, if just feeling that. And so it was powerful because we started off with such a small group. And when we were going down the hill, I turned back around and that, that the, the, the amount of people had grew dramatically. And so just to see a swarm of people coming down the hill, uh, it definitely touched my heart in, in seeing that. Um, so, so, Let's kind of talk a little bit before we go into Juneteenth. I don't want to spend too much time right here, but we had another incident where we see another unarmed black man, um, unfortunately, pass away because of um, police retaliation. Murder. Um, yeah, unfortunately, pass away. I, I feel like we should say what it is. He was murdered. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about Rashad Brooks for just a little bit. What are your feelings on that? 
he was murdered. Yeah. And I'm tired. That's my like, thought. I can't really bring myself to watch the video, the complete video. One, I don't like looking at stuff like that anyway. I don't like gory movies or anything. But I'm tired of seeing these videos. Like, y'all, this is truly messing with our mental health. That is not normal right. to keep watching videos of people dying. That is not normal. And every time you turn on the news, they're showing another video on another clip. I do feel like he was murdered. I don't understand why they couldn't have just took this man home. Why couldn't he get his day in court in front of a judge? I'm not saying that I agree with him driving drunk or whatever the situation was. But what I do get upset with is that our black men and women are not being served due justice. They're not being taken yeah. to the jail and housed properly. They're not being able to go before the judge. They're meeting the judge, the jury, and the executioner out here in the streets, and I'm sick of it. Mm-hmm. And I think even a thing of, if you had to shoot him, if you thought there was no other, because we all, I saw the video, and I'm like, Lucy, a lot of times I don't like watching things like that because it's so traumatic and it sticks in your brain and you always, it, it puts you in a dark place if you're not careful. Um, mm-hmm. But it really took me a lot to watch the video. But once I watched it, and I'm like, okay, yes, they got into a, a little hustle, on the, a little um, bustle on the ground. Okay, so that took place. But when you went to shoot him, could you not have shot him in his leg? Why not his ankle? Why it not really a part of his body that's not going to cause bodily? It's not. It's not going to kill him. You know what I'm saying? Like you shot him in the back, and of course, in the upper uh, our upper bodies, we have so many different organs. So why did it have to be the upper part of the body? Why couldn't it have been the leg? If you had I to shoot. Even, I, I don't think they even should have shot. I mean, clearly he wasn't even a threat. You know. They could have, I mean, even if he did take the taser, so what? Just let him go. They already know his who he is. They have the vehicle. They have the registration, whatever they right. need. They could have just let that man run off. And just but added a charge. Let him run and add a charge. But even on top of that, why couldn't the workers at Wendy's, why they had to call, I mean, with all the things going on right now in our society with the police, if you feel like what 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 came across your mind and said, let me call the police and say it's a man out here to sleep in the parking lot. Why can't you have went out there and knocked on his window and said, Hey, just check on you, see if you're okay. Hey, do you need anything? Can we help you with something? They didn't, and yeah, even if there was a, a bunch of females there. They did that. They did call the they did they just released the tapes. They tried to go out there and tell him to move because he was blocking the drive through traffic, but he wasn't responding or something like that. I read but um, they did try to get him to move. And when she called, or when the employee called, they made it known that he, hey, you know, he's not a threat or anything. He's just kind of in the way. Um, we just want to get somebody out here to see if they could kind of, you know, move him out of, you know, the drive through area so we can continue, you know, running business. But um, I think she made it, well, that employee made it pretty clear. I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I'm pretty sure um, from what I read that the employee made it pretty clear that he wasn't a threat or anything like that. And even from the tapes with, from the body cam, you can see he wasn't a threat. Right. I'm just trying to figure out how he after a while. Oh, yeah. He definitely wasn't a threat. And he even admitted to, like, what's funny to me is, like, he he even admitted to it. He was like, yeah, I have been drinking. I have been, uh, I have had, like, one and a half uh you know, uh, things of the margarita. And then the cop would kept asking him those same questions again. And I was like, are you trying to figure out if he's lying or not? Or are you trying to see if he's like cognizant, like cognizant of what he's saying? So I, I was trying to figure out what was the cops like dealing with him asking the same questions over and over again. Um, but at that moment when he 
I could tell, like, I'm making a big assumption, but I could tell, like, there was some, some, some idea of fright there, right? He was, like, scared at some moment. And I, I don't know if that may have been the reason why he decided to, um, you know, kind of, like, resist the, the rest there. But I don't know. If I was in, in his shoes, I know that mm-hmm. for a fact, I, w- I would probably have been scared, too. Yeah, I, I think everybody happened. would be afraid now. <laughs> I mean... Shoot, you get pulled over or something, you you gonna be a little nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous of, uh, even crossing the street without the without the the sign telling me to go. You were jaywalking. <laughs> yeah, jaywalking. I'm scared of jaywalk. I got pulled over back in 2013 when I was in grad school and I was coming from Clemson and I was on 123 and I can remember the officer coming out of nowhere. And I called my daddy and I had my daddy on speakerphone. And luckily it was nothing but um, my taillight was out and he just wanted to give me a warning. But I can remember being frightened and announcing every move I made. I was like, I'm reaching for my pocketbook. And it was a black gentleman. So I think he kind of was like, you know, what's wrong with this chick? And I was like, sir, I'm just trying to be careful. And this was back in 2013 after I want to say Trayvon Martin. And I can just remember... Mm -hmm. I can just remember things being tense back then and I was frightened back then. And so now like with all the stuff that's happened, you know, I just pray that I don't get pulled over um, because to the people who know us and love us, Oh, we're harmless and stuff. But when someone doesn't know you and you don't know what's going on in this person's life, somebody, it could be a mishap and you just hope and pray, but I'm sick of seeing it on TV. Like I'm, two seconds away from logging out of everything and taking a mental break. Cause I need that self-care just so that I don't get in that dark place. Right. So I was recently, I don't know if I told you guys this, but I was recently pulled over uh, like last month. And oh, no, you didn't tell us yeah, that. I was pulled over. And so he approached my vehicle with an attitude. I'm going to let it be known. He had an attitude. So I already prepared myself for him. Like he, I gave him my registration, my license, whatever. I kept my hands on the wheel the entire time because he had an attitude. And I didn't know what he was going to try to do or say or accuse me of. But anyway, I got a ticket. He didn't even try to give me a warning. I already knew I was getting a ticket. He gave me a ticket for speeding. But I wasn't the only one speeding, but that's unrelated. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so I took my ticket and went on about my business. How about he followed me to my destination? And then when he seen that I noticed he was like near me, he drove off real fast. Mm. And I was like, why did you follow me? How How did that make you feel? Uncomfortable. And I will be filing a complaint because I thought that was unnecessary. Because when he approached my car, he was like, where you headed? I was like, oh, to a destination, you know. Okay, I'm picking up a, a pickup order. Like, it really is not any of your business. I think I feel blessed that I've always ran into, like, very nice officers. Like, I've had very positive experiences with officers, but I know that's not... You know, that's not everybody's experience. And you just don't know what can make something turn. You know, like you don't know what's going to be that um, event or that incident that make it turn. And so I I feel grateful, but I'm also, because I don't think every police person is a bad person. I do not. 
Um, I, I appreciate them, but I also do believe there's some improvement that can happen within the police force. I definitely think we need some more multicultural training. We need some more positive connections with the community because if we do not get a bridge between the community and the police um, department, this stuff is not going to end. Agree with you, Lucy. I totally agree. And I want to kind of go back to the the idea where you say multicultural. So I want to move us into talking about Juneteenth. We got a celebration coming up this week, y'all. Juneteenth. Juneteenth. So if you don't know what Juneteenth is, Juneteenth is uh, a celebration for when the last um, set of enslaved um, African-Americans were set free. And this happened on June 19th, 1865. And that was two and a half years later, two and a half years later, when the Emancipation Proclamation was set in order. And so... There is a wonderful celebration that a lot of um, Black individuals decide to celebrate Juneteenth instead of um, Independence Day, which is July 4th. So let's talk about that for a moment. Do you all celebrate Juneteenth? I always have posted about um, Juneteenth, but I've never really like... And we haven't really done anything for it. Like, we don't really know what to do because I recognize that that is, you know, more so our independence because on... Um, when America gained their independence, we were still slaves. That's not our <laughs> Independence Day. Um, but you know, I've never really celebrated it because you know what to do for the Fourth of July: you shoot firecrackers, you eat hot dogs, and whatever. But I don't really know what to do for Juneteenth. Like, what are we supposed to? What do we do? Do we have a, a tree or a song or my a- research? <laughs> Upon my research, it said, like, some people celebrate rodeos, fishing, barbecuing, and um, baseball are some of the ways that people, but I plan on trying to do it like a 4th of July event. I actually brought it up to my family yesterday, and so I don't really know where we are, but even if they don't come and celebrate with me, there are some things that's going on downtown, um, upstate South Carolina. I'm not going to say where I'm exactly, but... Um, there are some celebrations that's going on that I definitely plan on being a part of just because I, like you said, I do think it's important for us to recognize it and it's gaining popularity. It's everywhere on social media right now. Lucy, what did your family say? Like when it's, it is going to be very difficult to convince my mom. Now my mom is, she's a lot. That's big chief. And I, big chief is not going to (laughs) change Nothing that she's been doing. And I don't know how to convince her to even stop what she's doing for the 4th and start doing Juneteenth. I think having that conversation with her of why, like, why you feel that it's important and just talking to her about what's her attachment to July 4th. At least if you get that conversation going, she might be willing to, okay, let's, this year we do Juneteenth, next year, July 4th, and who knows, she may convert all the way over. Luckily in my family, there are a few other people who are um, up on current events, and so I do think that we'll be more more likely to go towards Juneteenth this year. But I got some reinforcement. Well, Lucy, I got a question. Do you think your family would completely go away from July 4th and just go to Juneteenth or even they'll celebrate on both? 
Patty, we want those films that we just need a reason to pull out the grill and cook cook out. So um, I can see us doing both, but I definitely want us to start doing Juneteenth and explain it to our kids. Explain it to the babies right. so they can see. Well, I want them to ask, hey, why do we celebrate Juneteenth? Exactly. Because now Nike is recognizing it as a national holiday. A lot of people on social right. media are talking about it. Why do you think it is that a lot I, 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 as a, you know, a young black man, I have never celebrated Juneteenth. I didn't know what Juneteenth was until I want to say like four years ago. And I remember the exact moment when I learned about it, I was sitting in church and we used to have like, uh, one of the deacons used to like to read out, um, black history facts. And so they were like, we're going to extend this out instead of doing black history month. So every Sunday we're going to do one black history fact. And then I think it was. Sunday, I think it was Juneteenth that Sunday, and he read about Juneteenth and was talking about it. And I was like, what in the world? I'm like in my late 20s, and I have never heard of this. So my question is, getting back to what you were saying, Lucy, is like, why Why is that? Why, does, why do some Black folks not know about it? And could this be a possibility that it's because our history is not being told in school? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think yes. because... When you public school or whatever, you're not learning about black history per se. I think the first time I heard about it was actually, you know, um, Tom Joyner Morning Show, how they used to do the fun black history facts or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I learned, I think, because he, I learned a lot of good stuff off that show. Yes. Because they definitely came with those 365 black history facts. Right. Most <laughs> I agree. I didn't learn about it until late adulthood as well, but I agree with Tania. I do think it's like a, just a lack of education. Like we just didn't know about it. Like we were not told about it. It wasn't talked about a lot, but I definitely think with this generation, I think that will change. I think, um, and this is from an educator standpoint, like even from being a kid, but even from being a teacher, we talk, we talk about it. We talk about the history of it. We talk about the Emancipation Proclamation and actually, you know, the Civil Civil War and all that stuff. But I think because it, w- it doesn't have a commercialized standpoint behind it. I feel like that's the reason why it really hasn't gone as broad as it has in the past. Ooh, but now, that's such a good point, Brandon. Because yeah. even on top of that, I like, think about the 4th of July. We don't go out and celebrate, oh, this is the day that, you know, our country gained its independence. We go and we have a good time with our family. Like, it's a tradition. And because it hasn't been created as a tradition in our culture, I think that's the reason why it hasn't gone as broad either. But I think because we haven't put the commercialized piece on it. Because if you notice... Even though people are talking about Juneteenth, there are also people creating T-shirts. You see T-shirts on social media. You see different um, banners and things like that. So I feel like they're going to try and make it a commercialized piece as well. But I think it's our responsibility to ensure that we give the correct meaning behind it and make sure that our kids and even other kids in the community, everyone should understand this is why we celebrate Juneteenth. Are you are you uh, are you all feeling like there that? Um, Juneteenth is becoming more commercialized in not such a good way. Um, are people are just thinking it's a trendy topic now. What are your thoughts about that? I definitely think it's a trendy topic right now because of all the current events. I think it's up to us. We're going to be the determining yeah. factor of, of which way it goes. Do we want to go commercialized or do we want to have a true meaning that really teaches and empowers us as a culture? I would like to see us have both. I would like to see it be more commercialized because that'll make it more relatable to to people. 
Like think about your favorite things about Christmas. I'm not saying y'all, I'm just mean in general. If you ask like a six-year-old, what's your favorite thing about Christmas? They're going to say Santa Claus and the, the tree and the presents and all the commercial stuff about it. Um, so I wish that we had more commercial. I'd love for us to get a Juneteenth song. Nug if you buck Juneteenth, whatever. But like, I mean, I, I think people should be aware, but I don't necessarily want, you know, like department stores selling right. random shirts. Like, oh, we, you know, we know people celebrating this now. Let us get in on on this exactly. so we can monetize everything. I don't I don't right. want to think about so, it like that. I want more people to be informed about the actual date right. and why we're celebrating. I agree. Because like I said, think about all the holidays that we have in our country. We don't right. celebrate. We, a lot of us don't really celebrate the actual reasons for those holidays. We celebrate them because we're eating, we spend time with family, we're creating traditions. Like even Thanksgiving, yeah. we don't come with. We don't come around my table talking about some older oh, pilgrims and the Indian, the, well, the Native Americans. I shouldn't say Indians, but the Native Americans. We don't sit around and talk about them. We talk about the things we're grateful right. for, the things we're thankful for. So that's a great thing. Like you said, Christmas. We don't talk about the birth of Jesus. We talk about, you know, Santa Claus. And th- but I don't, like, like Tanisha said, it's not, I don't want to get focused on the commercialized piece, but really focusing on the meaning of it. And I think it's going to be tainted if we're not careful. I want us to do both. But I agree with you. Yes, I that's what I was going to say. We need both. a balance with it. Yes. And I think it'll be like Brandon said earlier, it's up to us to make sure that if it does get commercialized, because I would love to be able to go in Walmart or Party City to find cups that say Juneteenth. Or, you know, decor to make it, you know, nice. Because, of course, when you have cookouts and stuff, you invite people over, you want to decorate. But I also don't want us to forget the meaning behind it. But I agree it's going to be up to us, um, the people right. who participate in the holiday, to make sure. But I feel that way about every holiday. I feel that way about every single holiday. And Christmas is one that kind of gets me because it's like a lot of people don't know the reason behind the season. And people go in debt and people feel really bad if they can't buy these gifts and that's not the reason behind it and i don't want juneteenth to become like that i want us to celebrate it for what it truly is i think it should be a national holiday i like that what california has done for indigenous people day Uh, instead of celebrating columbus day we have indigenous people day and so we make sure that we're celebrating the true history behind um, the finding of America. Um, and so I think it should be a national holiday on all platforms for us. And I think it also, too, stems from, like, we already mentioned, like, it stems from our schools. Like, I think we need, I'm totally in support of, like, schools integrating African-American education into into their classrooms and and teachers who have autonomy in their classrooms i think they should be not only teaching african-american uh history but they should be teaching history of all of their students and or bringing their cultures into the classroom in some essence so when students leave the classroom they don't feel like they have been invisible the whole time or they are lacking any knowledge about themselves like i didn't get hungry to know more about black history until my senior year when I was exposed to Invisible Man. That was the first book by a black man that I read assigned to us that made me feel like I was visible. That made me feel like, oh, this is someone who is feeling just like me. And that made me hungry to know more about my history, to want to know more about why why is that? Why 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 are we seen as 
quote unquote second class citizen? Why does racism take place? It started making all these curiosities um, start to perk from me and wanted me to know more about my history. And that's a disadvantage for a lot of our students in our schools. And the thing about it, I think I was going to. And then now it's kind of easy to find information. I feel it's more, you know, we have more access to stuff. But back then, we're not old, don't get me wrong. But, you know, kind of back then when you was in high school, it was kind of hard to find stuff, you know, where you could actually research. Perception is all about their perspective and how deep they're going to go and how much effort they're going to put into it. Even with all the current events, of course, right now we're on some vacation, but it's going to really go back to, how much energy and how much effort are you really going to take into having those hardcore conversations, even those conversations that make you feel uncomfortable because the history that you're talking about or the events that you're talking about don't necessarily show your own personal culture in a positive light. So it's really going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of heart. It's going to take a lot of understanding. And in order to be able to get that information, you got to have an understanding of what it was and what, what took place. I definitely agree. What's what's some advice that you you would give because you're a history, you have a history background. So what advice would you give to like educators or maybe just people in general about celebrating um, certain events for other cultures? For all other educators to be liberal in the way that you read your standards. We have certain standards that we have to cover, but be liberal in your reading and interpreting of those standards and make sure that you're encompassing all of history. It is difficult to have a holistic approach to history, just like it's difficult to have a holistic approach to any discipline that you're studying. But if you look at your standards with an open eye and open lens and broad horizons, you could work that stuff in and you and be ready to justify it. You have to be ready as an educator to say, because they're going to ask you, what does this have to do with this standard? What does this have to do with this? You have to be ready. You have to be knowledgeable yourself. So I guess I would say to anybody who's trying to open up their classroom or anybody who is trying to teach their children or anybody that's trying to just have a broader view of history in general, uh, you need to know what it is first before you try to like impart that to anybody else, because you will have to justify your knowledge. You will have to justify why it is you're studying this. Um, Like you will have to combat that. um, And I go through this every February. I promise you I do. Why we don't have a white history month. And I say every February, that's the rest of them. And that shouldn't be the truth. It should be black history uh, every month. Because we were here. (laughs) Why are there... Or people say, why are there HBCUs? Right. So our lasting thoughts is that we, there are, our history should be told. Our history should be taught in not only in our schools, but also I do charge that our, even our parents, our grandparents uh, continue to pass down our history from generation to generation. So that can be um, celebrated and, and enjoyed. And so I know for a fact, I'm going to be celebrating Juneteenth. However way I want to celebrate it. Lucy said that her and her family have a plan. Uh, hopefully everyone else out there will also have some form of celebration Um We are so excited that you all decided to once again join us for our podcast. And we can't wait to talk to you all later. This is Black Up, and we'll talk to you next time. Black Up!